This is the Dew Sweepers Golf Show, presented by McConnell Automotive on Sports Radio 105.5 FM, online at WNSP.com, and on the WNSP app. The Dew Sweepers is also brought to you by the Taylor Martino Rowan Law Firm, Stokely Garden Express, Taco Mama, and Strixon Cleveland Golf. Now, stepping up to the tee, here's Golf Digest Top 50 and Golf Magazine Top 100 instructor, Tony Ruggiero. Good morning, everybody, and welcome into the Dew Sweepers. Once again, I'm your host, Tony Ruggiero, here on the Dew Sweepers uh, radio show on WNSP. Uh, and as we have been doing for some time, um, each and every week, we're replaying a selection from my podcast, The Tour Coach. If you're not familiar with it or you haven't figured out what's going on here on the radio, it's uh, it's where we take you uh, through my travels on the PGA Tour from here in Mobile to South Florida, uh, to out on tour, LPGA tour, PGA tour, Corn Ferry tour, and all the the experts, the players, the teachers, the fitness experts, everything around the golf, world of golf that I meet, and kind of take you behind the ropes, uh, you know, behind the scenes, inside the ropes, if you will, let you kind of, and some of these discussions to me, if you love golf, they're fascinating uh, as we give you an inside look at some of these people and their process and how to get better at the game of golf. So if you like what you hear today, um, today's uh, tour coach podcast comes from a sit down that I had. Uh, I was actually out on the road up in Jackson a week ago, up at the Sanderson farms, which by the way, I, I, you know, Steve Gent and the folks up there, do a fantastic job. I think it's actually one of my favorite tour events. Might be my favorite tour event of the year for how they take care of every single person there. They do an unbelievable job. But anyways, uh, head coordinated it, sat down on the phone and had a great conversation with Derek Dominski. He is uh, Golf Better Tucson. If you're on Instagram, he's got a gazillion followers and he obviously teaches the whole game but a very young energetic guy who's really made an impact on the short game side he's got some interesting stuff out there on short game uh andy ogletree who most of you know i worked with for a good period of time and he's having a fantastic year out there on the asia tour one three times and on lit play and live looks like he'll go full live next year uh, as well as a uh, good chance to win the Asian Tour Order of Merit uh, as the world of golf is evolving and changing. And he is um, uh, he did some short game work with Derek out there in Tucson and uh, gave some strong reviews, so I wanted to catch up with Derek. So I think you'll like this sit-down. And so, look, if you like the stuff you hear today um, for getting better at the game of golf – all you have to do is go wherever you get your podcast, you know, whether that's Spotify, iTunes, uh, you know, Google Play, all of the SoundCloud, all those, all those, uh, you know, hosting mediums, if you will, and just type in Tour Coach. Or if you just go to Google and type in Tour Coach, it'll pop up. And and so if if you like what you hear there, or say podcasts aren't your forte, I'm putting out. In fact, I just did. I, I, I put out content basically daily on our YouTube channel. You can go to YouTube and just type in the Dew Sweepers, Tony and the Dew Sweepers, and it's a scene, an instruction scene from our day-to-day instruction, always something about helping you get better. And we're getting – look, we're like we're getting like 125, 150,000 people checking this page out. Um, so really cool for me to share this content and these experts and these people and the people that I work with uh, daily with you. And then furthermore, uh, 
check out the pro work series. It's a, a content series, a TV show. I call it TV cause I'm still old, but like a TV show, uh, based on going inside the ropes behind the scenes with us sponsored and presented by Bushnell golf. It's called pro work. All you have to do is once again, go on YouTube, type in pro work, Bushnell golf or do sweepers, but please there's seven episodes out there and they're fantastic and entertaining and really uh, great quality. We've invested a good bit into this. We're excited about the future of the do sweepers and excited about this content and the growing the game. So check out pro work. Um, anyways, got some great stuff going on. Obviously this show with uh, sitting down with Derek Dominsky. It's a big weekend in golf. The PGA tours in Vegas. You've got, uh, uh, you've got Q school going on and this year Q school obviously gives you the opportunity to earn a PGA tour card, five cards at the end of the finals. Uh, so more and more interest than ever in Q school. And obviously on the, uh, the LPGA is over, uh, in, in China first time back since the pandemic. And, uh, also, uh, Lexi Thompson, uh, one of the top LPGA stars is playing. I think she's the eighth female to tee it up in a PGA Tour event, and she plays this week in Vegas. And uh, I've been spending a little bit of time with Lexi over the last couple months down in Palm Beach and via text and working remote. And, uh, I mean, she is a superstar. She's a super girl, uh, crazy athletic, crazy talented so I know we're all pulling for her, and regardless, we are proud of the effort and the work that she's put in over the last couple months. She's coming off of two top tens, hit the ball extremely well at the Solheim Cup. So we're pulling for everybody in Q School, pulling for Lexi this week, uh, as well as uh, our other players, uh, Justin Lauer, playing in Vegas as well. So exciting stuff. want to remind all of you, look, I hope you don't need a lawyer, but if you ever do, Make sure you go to our friends Taylor, Martino, and Rowan, my boy Ed Rowan. Nobody's going to work harder. Nobody's going to fight more. Uh, nobody's got more experts. Nobody's got a better record of winning. Nobody's got a better record of recovering for you what you're entitled to or you deserve than Ed Rowan at Taylor, Martino, and Rowan. So check out Taylor, Martino, and Rowan anywhere in the sound of my voice if you need an attorney. Get the guy that's going to fight for you, Ed Rowan, Taylor Martino and Rowan at 433-3131. And also don't forget to check out Stokely's Midtown Garden Express right there at the loop um, there on government and uh, walk through there the other day. First of all, they're doubling their greenhouse space. You won't believe the abundance of greenery uh, and that they've got. Uh, they've got some new plants that if you're a collector, uh, I can't even pronounce this thing, but it's an unbelievably huge plant. It's cool looking. Um, need to check that out. And also they've got some really, really cool water features or uh, water fountains if you're looking to put one on your porch and it's the weather's turned it's that time of year where it's actually really cool and really nice to be out there with a fire pit so close to fire pit weather sitting outside watching games on the back deck so check out stokely's midtown garden express as well well as taylor martino and rowan and as always we appreciate their support of the dew sweepers real quick we're going to go through the Strixon cleveland golf tip of the week want to talk a little bit about chipping Look, here's some simple keys for chipping. Notice a lot of people struggle, especially on some of the turf conditions that we have. So if you're struggling chipping and you chunk it uh, or scull it, here's a few tips. First of all, it's setup. Let's just cover setup. 
You want your feet fairly close together. You're not making a big motion, so you don't need a big foundation or a big base. Feet relatively close together. I like them square. I don't like feet that get crazy open uh, and angles pointing all over the place. I like you fairly square, feet fairly close together. I like you to lean slightly your center or your sternum to be on top of or slightly in front of the ball. That'll help you get the low point out in front of the ball. Um, I like that uh, ball position up underneath your sternum or towards your front foot. I, I see too many folks worried about contact and they get their feet wide or they get the ball position way back and then they lean the shaft way forward and they turn that sucker into a shovel and then they, they can't make a good motion and they can't get enough loft on it. Uh, so get that ball up, feet close together, sternum lean in front of it, and then you want the shaft. I think you don't want that shaft leaning way, way forward, your hands way forward. Get that shaft more straight up and down, more vertical. You can open the face if you want a little bit, which will help you use the bounce. And then lastly, you want to always finish with your rib cage or your trunk rotating through and over to your left leg. If you follow those tips, I think you'll hit better, more solid chips, be more predictable in how they come out, be able to control it better, uh, and that should help all of you score better. And that's the Shrixon Cleveland Golf Tip of the Week, and we once again want to thank them as well as Taylor Martino and Rowan, uh, Stokely's Midtown Garden Center, my boy Mitch McConnell and McConnell Automotive, and Bushnell Golf and Vineyard Vines and all the people that support us week in, week out. And also a big shout-out to my boy uh, Clint Crouch, who produces this show week in, week out, and the podcast. He does an unbelievable job. He's the best in the business. I'm Tony Ruggiero. We're going to be right back with the Tour Coach, okay? My podcast, you can find it wherever you find uh, wherever you find your podcast. And a sit-down with Derek Dominski with tucson uh he's uh tucson golf on uh instagram you'll love what you find out there so enjoy the tour coach enjoy the dew sweepers on wnsp we'll be right back with more help for your golf game Watch that backswing and keep it out of the rough. This is the Dew Sweepers Golf Show on WNSP, presented by McConnell Automotive. Once again, your host, Tony Ruggiero. All right, so here on the tour coach from glamorous Jackson, Mississippi, at a home two suites, I'm doing this. For those of you that think that uh, all I do is stay at the best places in the world, but uh, anyway, sitting down here with Derek Dominski. Uh, if you're on Instagram, he is from Golf Better Tucson. That's how I actually first found him. He's He's got a ton of followers, and uh, <laughs> he is a short game wizard. Um, I've been fascinated following him. He's done a little some work with Andy Ogletree, who I spent a bunch of time with, so I've heard some great things. Um, Derek, thanks for sitting in um, on this Monday evening here. Uh, appreciate you taking the time. And, man, this is going to be fun. I've been looking forward to doing this. Uh, yeah, Tony, I'm a big fan of you and what you do. I love following you uh, and all your players. So, yeah, I'm excited. Let's dive in. Yeah. So, let, all right. So, first of all, I always – I learn a lot about people by, like, like, how the hell did you get to doing what you're doing, right? Yes. You know, like, how did you get to be in golf better Tucson guy? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a, a great question, right? And it, it, that could take a, a night in itself. 
But I would say I can go uh, you know, get some family. more wine from the caddies if we need. It. <laughs> hey, you know what? If if that's what it takes, uh, you go ahead. <laughs> but uh, my my I come from a great family. Uh, my dad kind of got me into the game young, and would always do other sports. Uh, but then in in middle school and high school, uh, I got to be on the best team in Minnesota, and they really dragged me along. So I was kind of the sixth guy on really the number one team in the state. So they really kind of motivated me and really then how I got on that team uh, because you had to shoot kind of mid-70s, mid to low 70s in high school was the first book I got was the Dave Pell's Short Game Bible. And that's (laughs) in eighth grade, I get this, you know, 600-page book. And I just kind of dive in. I I understood that, hey, I'm not not the biggest guy and I just got to get better around the greens. So really we, we played this course as well with really tiny greens. Okay. So they were so difficult to hit and there would be often times where I'd get to, I'd miss every green and get up and down nine times and shoot even par. So that was kind of my calling card, my passion. And I do teach all areas of the game, but short game is by far kind of my favorite. It's right. my PhD. If you would, it's, it's kind of the area I like to dive into the most. I think that's cool. I, and I tell people, that I, you may not have heard the story, but you, you'll like this based on what you just said. Is I was a, yeah. when I really fell in love with the game, I was already, you know, I was playing at a small school in San Antonio, Texas, St. Mary's University, and they used to hold the Texas Open at Oak Hills, old Tillinghouse Golf Course. Still, I went back there yeah. this past week, still one of my favorite places. And I grew up nice. a big Crenshaw fan. Okay. Mm. And, it was the Texas Open back then, and obviously back then, if he was playing in a group, and this is 89 or 90, I think it's a fall of 89, but maybe the fall of 90, mm-hmm. and I watched him. He played nine holes with Mark. Uh, the nine I watched was with uh, Steve Elkington and Mark Brooks, which wow. would all be Texas legends, right? You, you, yeah. Elkington from University of Houston. And I'm probably off a little bit on the numbers. So nobody persecute me on this, but, like, <laughs> he hit – one green and shot two under. Wow! On the night, right? You know, yeah. Elkington striping it, Brooks yes. is hitting it. You know, like yep. I mean, like I remember on five, the par five, like he drop kicks it. You know, kind of then hits one up there, <laughs> wedge chip pitches it up. Right now, it's like, man, there's a lot of ways to play this game. Yes, exactly. Right, right? exactly. And yep. I, I think in this day and age where we have all this technology and we've got all. And every swing you see on Instagram looks perfect. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we lose sight of the fact that like, man, you still got to figure out how to get the damn thing in the hole. Exactly. That's and, and for myself. And I know you see it. Um, we, we work with a lot of players that they, they really hit it good. And they have mm-hmm. all these aspects that technically are very sound. And then you see those unique players and it's like, man, there's, there's nothing that stands out about that guy, but he just scores. He gets that ball in the hole. And, you know, the short game, I like I like that part of it. You're kind of close to that finish line. You're close to the hole uh, to where you can kind of hit it up there and really, you know, you can eliminate one shot. You can really turn three shots into two. And, uh, you know, I love teaching that part of the game. Now, did you have some – I'm always curious by people's mentors. Like, where who did you learn from? Or if you didn't, it's, yeah. I mean, obviously everybody comes up different. But, like, you know, obviously you're – as you said, your PhD is in short game. The stuff I follow has been in short game. Mm-hmm. Like, where – obviously we heard about in Minnesota. 
you know, so forth. Like, but where have you, how did you start developing your knowledge? You know, mm-hmm. did you get mentored by anybody? Like how, how did that happen? Yeah. So in Minnesota, uh, just growing up, I had the greatest golf professional of all time, Steve Fessler. He's like my golf dad, really mm-hmm. close. And he kind of took me up in the business. I started to work for him and that's really what kind of got me into the golf business is I worked a couple jobs in some like target factories and just some summer jobs. And I was like, man, if I have to do this, I, hmm. I don't know what I would do. So I've got to find something I like. So that really is what got me into golf and then really started to get into teaching. And I really love people. I love connecting with people. We have a great time on the lesson T as I know you guys do. So really getting connected with people and then finding really that, that I really enjoy this short game area. There's so many great, full swing coaches out there. And and again, I love teaching it, but Mm -hmm. if, if, if I get some players and they have some high level issues, I'm like, Hey, go see these guys, go see those guys. But when it comes to short game, again, through really my own research, uh, a lot of it through just watching a lot of players. um, I've learned quite a bit from like a guy like James Ridyard. um, But just like studying a lot through myself, exploring some myself, studying a lot of the short game greats. So if you see a lot of what the short game greats do, like the Luke Donalds, the Sevies, and kind of how they move and kind of understand that in some regards, it's almost the anti-ball striker. And I work with a lot of these college kids coming up, you know, even a little bit with Andy. They have so many of these ball striking tendencies to, to somewhat speed the ball up. Mm-hmm. And I want to give them skills and really shots. We don't, we don't always have to change technique. We can teach a few shots and that can awaken some things to just help them slow the ball down and get some of the results they're looking for. That's pretty interesting. And I, and I like that concept of, you know, through most of the game, we're trying to speed the ball up, obviously. Right. Yes. Um, yes. And, 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 and every year it's more so that way, whether we want to admit it or whether the USGA says it or not, <laughs> yes. that's what we're doing. Right. Yes. Um, but around the green, you're trying to slow it down, you know, yes. and, and for my, and I'm curious about your, like, we got a couple ways to do that. One is loft. And one is mm-hmm. spin. That's kind of the ways mm-hmm. I figure it. About, right. What are your thoughts? Like, how do we slow the ball down for people? Yeah. And I think, uh, again, working with a lot of college kids, and I know you see it, these kids, you know, the, the tour is fast, but man, you see these college kids mm-hmm. and they're, they're creating so much speed. So really uh, a lot of it has to do. And again, I, I'm very to the individual. I'm, I'm yep. not out there to change a lot of technique, but we're kind of showing them, uh, some ways to, if needed, somewhat reduce some shaft lean, some ways to potentially add loft, right? Because great ball strikers, a lot of issues I'll fix. You know, very flexed wrists, very shut faces, very leaned handles, very rotated. Again, ways to speed it up and really somewhat doing the opposite, right? So I don't mind learning to release the shaft. I don't mind. You'll see I, I hit a lot of, you know, cut spin shots because they're fun, but also for a lot of golfers, that's their medicine. It's kind of somewhat of the anti-ball strike by learning to release the shaft fast, by maintaining and adding some loft to the shot, kind of hitting some of these risky fades can help offset. And again, just through shot shape can help offset some ball striking tendencies. So rather than saying, hey, we've got to extend your wrist, we've got to open the face, it's like, hey, hit, hit a wristy slice for me. See what that does. Hey, hit hit some of these different shots more than getting too technical. 
Yeah, I like hitting shots. You know, I think the more we could get in tune, um, yeah, I always tell folks too, like if you kind of going back to what you said, like if you, to me, like if you go to college and like mini tours, like I think the ball, those guys probably hit the ball harder and faster yes. than guys at the PGA Tour. And then each Absolutely. level as it goes up, like it's not a lot. So people don't yell mm-hmm. at me, but like, they slow it down a little as it goes because they learn, like, as they get to the tour, to me, they learn to control that violence mm-hmm. or control that speed, right? And then yeah. what you said is the same. And then those guys that have the speed in reserve, and they learn to slow it down around the greens various ways. And I love what mm-hmm. you said. Like, I think that the best players, and you mentioned Seve and you mentioned Luke Donald, like, to me, the best players, like Smiley Kaufman was one of the best short games I've ever been around that I had the opportunity to coach. Awesome. Right? And, awesome. And Bill Haas was also very much the same. I thought Bill was like a genius, but they were really different. But if you talk to them about their short games, Smiley a hair more technical, but not a lot. But everything sure. was about the shot, and it was a feel. Like They would say, well, I try to feel like I hit this. I try to feel like I do this. Right. Yeah. Versus like yeah. if you ask somebody like in their full swing, well, I'm trying to get the wrist to do this and the face to do this. Yeah. Right. Or whatever. Push here or whatever. But like to me, that's a, a, a huge difference in how great players approach short game. Yeah. And I think our ability as a coach is to if someone wants to get very technical, hey, I can meet you there. If someone wants to get very non-technical, I can meet you there. I, I, I'm here to help you. My number one thing as a coach is. My goal is to never screw anyone up. So we can learn, we can add shots, we can add skills without saying, hey, you've got to go down this road. It's like, no, I think you need to add, you know, this shot, and I think it'll help offset some tendencies. We can call it this shot. You can use it as needed and just see how it works. You're listening to The Tour Coach here on WNSP. Uh, We'll be right back with more help for your golf game. Also, special thanks to our sponsors, Taylor Martino and Rowan, 433-3131, and our boy Blaine Stokely at Stokely's Midtown Garden Express. We're coming right back with more help for your golf game. This is the Dew Sweepers Golf Show, live on 105.5 FM and WNSP.com. Keep it in the fairway with Golf Digest Top 50 and Golf Magazine Top 100 instructor, Tony Ruggiero. Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero here on the Dew Sweepers. You're listening to the Tour Coach. My sit down with Derek Dominski with Tucson Golf. Look, if you like what you hear, Check out all the Tour Coach episodes. They're available for you wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want more Dew Sweepers, you want more info, you want more content, check out Pro Work. All you have to do is go to YouTube, type in Pro Work and Tony Ruggiero, or go to Bushnell Golf or Dew Sweepers, and you'll find it. Some really cool inside-the-ropes, behind-the-scenes look at instruction at the highest level. And there's always lots of tidbits and lots of gold there for you to help you play your best. So check out the Tour Coach. Keep listening here on WNSP and check out Pro Work, and here you go. We're going to help you play better golf. So what do you think? Like if you look uh, – so here, uh, here's a game I like to play. I've had a couple yeah. of red wines, as you can tell. But so Hey, he, go ahead, brother. No. Go ahead. So 
what are some of the shots that you see that, that, that some of the best players in the world, high-level players have, that college players don't have? And then even like, you know, we get so many young teachers and so many like aspiring good players that you golf. Mm-hmm. Nobody driving around listening to me and you on this podcast or radio is not a golf mm-hmm. nut, right? They're probably yeah, I love Googling it. us for like centerfold pictures or anything. So mm-hmm. where like those types of like 10, 12, what's the, when you look at the short game, because what I like is that you teach golfers of all skill level. Like mm-hmm. wh- when you look at they go from like 10 handicap to scratch to good player to, sh- to yeah. tour player, what do you see being the defining difference between each level and, and how they approach short game? Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. Uh, so, right, so with the high handicap, hey, we need to get predictable contact, right? We need to make sure we're getting a predictable result, and then we can start to learn distance control. As we would then go down that chain, well, then those kind of mid-level players, well, hey, they start to get a better sense of distance control and contact. And then as we would work kind of to the tour player, hey, we, there's a couple shots that we need. We need to be good at, you know, hitting our landing spots, even if, um, even if you don't choose landing spots, I do a lot of tests down here in Tucson and for players that choose landing spots or don't choose landing spots, if I put out targets for them to land it, just like a carnival game, <laughs> I see players who are great at hitting their spots, be great short gamers, whether they choose landing spots or not. And I've had some tour players and they've came to me with some issues and I found, I say, you are very bad at hitting your spot. That's what you're, you know, this is why your stats are bad. And I think this is a tangible way, and I've seen it prove itself true. This is a tangible, simple practice that you can do to get better. Now, if they're struggling with contact, right, so some common issues I'll see um, with some players. And again, it's, it's I, I've got this uh, great drill that I like to give all my players. If you if you just YouTube Dominski nine shot drill, it's a simple drill that I like players to have for skill, but it can also help you find your best style because I don't really care what style you use, but I need that style to hold up under tournament pressure the way that you would want it to. And that can be whatever you want. So the nice thing with me, if you want to learn wide and shallow, like we can teach that. If you want to learn kind of steep and hitting down on it, we can teach that. And I believe that to high-level players, as a great player, I can do all nine. And if you said, hey, Derek, you're for some reason you're required to hit, you know, like a wristy fade this whole short, you know, this whole 18, hey, I can do that. If I need to hit a wide to draw this whole 18, I could do that. So the nice thing there is I don't really have a method or a style, but I know if someone's wide and shallow, I know what their tendencies tend to be, right? Sometimes they struggle with contacts. They're a little bit uh, a little bit too uh, – they can kind of contact the ground a little too soon. So there's some issues there. And if someone wants to be a little bit more risky, we tend to know what their, their issues could be. So, so let, let's go through, like – so let's talk about contact. Before um, – five- for you. Yeah. Can you hear me there, Derek? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. A, it's a little... yeah. Okay. So let's talk about contact. Cause I think yeah. one of the first things I always talk to with a player of any skill level, but like, you know, especially developing players. I mean, I actually should say, I think even tour players like is contact, right? Like to me, the yes. first thing yes. you got to do is get the low point in the right spot and get contact sure. good before you could talk about anything else. 
So when somebody yeah. comes to you with not good contact, right? Like you watch them and you know, sure. like, you know, you could see like, Hey man, they, you know, they got, you know, they got some good stuff going on, but like, man, they just don't kind of hit it the same way every time. Sure. What are the things that you look at? Or like, are there any tendencies or like, you know, like commonalities of people that you see that don't always like hit it solid or make good contact all the time? Yeah, sure. Um, a, a common one, right? So real common, it's kind of somewhat of a trend. And again, if, if people want to do it, that's fine. But oftentimes with better players, we'll just, we'll just find they're a little uh, too wide and too shallow. Okay. And if you want to be that way, right, there's got to be some certain things in place. And they usually don't have those things in place. They're maybe not good at rotating. They don't use their body well. So for me, like that's kind of my stock shot. I, I rotate really well so I can do that. And we can give them options a lot of times for golfers to, to use a little bit more hands and use some wrists allows them actually a simpler movement to get better contact because we could go deep into this, but the club's actually doing less work. When I get very wide, the whole system of the club moves far away from the ball. And at times it does seem simple. It's simple for club head speed, but it's not always super repeatable for crisp contact. So for a lot of my players, I want them to develop a very good ball first skill. Mm -hmm. But then at times I would also want them to have somewhat of a ground first skill so that they can use those as needed. That's interesting. So, you know, you, you mentioned previously, you were talking about guys that, or girls that, uh, weren't great. It were, or weren't great at hitting their spot. Okay. Yeah. So when I'm developing young players and developing juniors, spend a lot of time doing that. I work a lot on trying to figure out where they need to land the ball. I love that. Because I think, like, man, like, I watch a bunch of people go chip, and they always look like they're just swinging to hit it at the damn hole, <laughs> you know? Exactly. And I'm like, like, and sometimes, like, to me, Derek, like, they make a pretty decent motion, but, like, they just sure. have no clue where the hell they were trying to land it. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's common. I think that's a great point. I'll have people come down, and they're just like, hey, I don't know how to practice. The <laughs> reason I, I like landing spots because it, it, for me, it tells the whole story. And again, do whatever works. I tell anyone, do whatever works. But if I pick a landing spot, wherever it is, and I hit my spot, my short game has done its job. Now, maybe I pick a bad spot. Maybe uh, it gets a bad bounce. That's, that's my green reading. That's my spot picking. So if I'm, let's say I'm playing golf and I'm two holes in, and I hit my spot twice, but maybe I'm short, maybe five feet short on both chips. Well, now I can tangibly move my spot a little bit further. Mm -hmm. I can potentially loft down if I wanted to, but I have a tangible way to move that rather than just saying, uh, oh, I just got to hit it harder. It's like, no, you know what? I've hit my spot. Great job. Right. Even though I maybe missed one of those spots, I made bogey. No, my short game's on point. Mm -hmm. I know it because I picked that spot and I hit that spot. Now, though, I've got to adjust... Or conversely, let's say you're out there hitting a couple chips, you pick a spot, and you just, you're not even close to your spot. And that's usually what I find. When someone comes and sees me, they have no control over where they land the ball. Yes. So yes. we can literally practice that skill away from a green and work solely on that skill. And as I see people do it, you can even set it up uh, at your house. I kind of like buckets. I would just chip into ice cream buckets as a kid. But if you put ice cream buckets five, seven, nine, and 11 yards and you got good at that, I don't know how your short game doesn't get very good. 
because at that distance, I I call those lag chipping. It's like if I've got to land this ball six steps on the green and and roll it out to the hole, that should be as easy as a lag putt. Like there's there's really not this need for any, you know, high-level finesse. It's a real stock shot, and I need all my players to be really good at hitting their stock shot on their spot very often. You know, and, and like I like to take and – and this is – I always tell folks these podcasts and shows are as much for me to learn from people that are better at stuff than me. And, I, and so I'm always picking – I'm picking people's brain like I'm picking yours. Like I like yeah. to take a, a good junior or college player. I like to have them take like all three of their wedges and try to hit the same spot with those wedges and see how they run out different, right? Yeah, like, And that. see like – because you could make the same motion – or or to, or make the same size motion with three wedges and see where they land and how they roll out because I feel like if you could do that like you've kind of given yourself more tools without like making it crazy complicated. Yeah, yeah, and I I would agree. So for me, when I, and I still play in all the PJ events, I love playing golf. Uh, I love playing tournaments. So I, I make it, I make my game also. I make my game a priority. Um, so I'm taking time off for events. I'm taking time off in that regard. And students like to see that students like to go play with you. They like to see great mm-hmm. shots. Um, uh, they like to know that, you know, when I'm teaching kids in, under tournament pressure, it's like, Hey, you need to do this because this is what works. It's not just something I read in a book. <laughs> like it's kind of tournament tested. So, so that's kind of a, a, a big area in itself. Um, I uh, kind of lost track of uh, <laughs> what okay. we're talking about here. <laughs> I know. Uh, and, I, no, and unfortunately, no one on my part. But, um, uh, yeah, so every time I have a short game shot, I essentially bring my pitching wedge, my 50, my 55, and my 60. Because for me, I'm always trying to do the least amount of work. Hey, what can I land three steps on, roll it to the hole? That's the way I grew up, right? That's kind of the Dave Pels in me, if you would. Yeah. And I'm always trying to do less work than the next person. I'm always trying to do the least amount of swing, the least amount of work required. Uh, that's reasonable. Now, again, if there's like a big ridge or something, Hey, I'm going to pretend the green starts past that ridge. I can negate that if needed, but I like having to your point, different shots that land in different areas and get us, you know, different results. And I, and I walked with a tour player the other day, you know, not long ago, you know, watching nine holes and I watched them hit shots that, turned out to be really good right but i felt mm-hmm. like they make them harder than they had to be like yes. a, like a pin that's 15 <laughs> paces on there's some grain into you not a lot between you and they hit a shot that carried 12 paces and had some spin right yeah. like that's yeah. way harder than it needs to be yeah exactly i totally agree and i would tell everyone you know again do whatever works but what, what kind of goes back to that 5, 7, 9, and 11, you know, you're just going to have different dispersions at those windows. And if I'm landing this five steps and you're going to land at 12 steps, I feel like I'm going to beat you every time. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like I'm going to get closer to my target. And assuming I've picked a reasonable spot, again, I, I like that idea of I just feel like I'm making it easier. Sure, you can hit a great shot anyway, but why not get in the habit and start to build habits of the less, you know, the least stressful way, if you would. You're listening to the tour coach here on WNSP. Uh, we'll be right back with more help for your golf game. Also, special thanks to our sponsors, Taylor Martino and Rowan, 433-3131, and our boy Blaine Stokely at Stokely's Midtown Garden Express. We're coming right back with more help for your golf game. Mm-hmm. 
Watch that backswing and keep it out of the rough. This is the Dew Sweepers Golf Show on WNSP, presented by McConnell Automotive. Once again, your host, Tony Ruggiero. Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero here on the Dew Sweepers. You're listening to the Tour Coach, my sit-down with Derek Dominski with Tucson Golf. Look, if you like what you hear, check out all the Tour Coach episodes. They're available for you wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want more Dew Sweepers, you want more info, you want more content, check out Pro Work. All you have to do is go to YouTube, type in Pro Work and Tony Ruggiero, or go to Bushnell Golf or Dew Sweepers, and you'll find it. Some really cool inside-the-ropes, behind-the-scenes look at instruction at the highest level. And there's always lots of tidbits and lots of gold there for you to help you play your best. So check out the Tour Coach. Keep listening here on WNSP and check out Pro Work. And here you go. We're going to help you play better golf. Let's talk about bunker. You know, I think that one, you know, that's, to me, that's one of the biggest gaps between, like, tour players and just amateurs is, like, you know, tour players, to me, most of the time are glad they're in the bunker. Uh, Yes. Obviously, there's some short-sighted situations and lies. But for the most part, if they've got a decent lie in the bunker, not crazy short-sighted, man, they – they're 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 pretty happy. Uh, yeah, you absolutely. Can take a scratch player who's still a great player at your club, put him in the bunker, and it's dicey whether they're going to get a putt at par, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. What do the best players in the world do, or you know, tour player level, do in the bunker? Because they do. They they they're they. I mean, they're trying to make most of their a lot of their yes. bunker shots. Yes. Whereas a, a scratch player at, at your club is, you know, even a scratch player who's a good bunker player is significantly worse to me. That's one of the areas yes. of the game where they're significantly worse uh, out of the bunker. What what do the best players in the world, the tour players, do out of the bunker that the regular golfers or up-and-coming players, college players, don't do? Yeah, so I, I will give – right, I'll give the AMs and I'll give everyone a little bit of credit. And as you know, in general – the tour sand, and I was fortunate enough, I qualified, and I, I, I got to play in the Shriners uh, PGA Tour event last year. is incredible. That's its own story. But, man, the sand there was the best sand I've ever participated in. It, and it was easier than the, than the bunkers will face in Tucson, right, where <laughs> it's, you know, somewhat inconsistent sand. You don't know bunker to bunker. Uh, it can be more of a true hazard than what the pros will face. But a few simple things uh, going into your point is they're very consistent with some amount of like how much sand they take, the entry point they make. And really, if you watch a lot of them practice, it's pretty unique. A lot of them will practice with their club, like sitting in the sand. So they, they won't be hovering it. They know that obviously they need to hover it when, you, when you're in the event. But a lot of them will just sit that club right behind it. They kind of train taking even a little bit of sand and then they start to move kind of to more, more towards their stock shot. No, I, I mean, I think that just so many of the regular, you know, they're, they're afraid of the sand, right? Yes. And, and uh, you know, and yet when I watch good players, they're so, this is so bad, so bad English, not afraid of the sand, unafraid of the sand, yeah, right? No. And like you said, yeah. they're trying to figure out how much they have to do. They're trying to figure out what type of shot they could play. And then another area, and I think this goes through the whole short game, that 
tour players are so much better at really looking at the lie and evaluating sure. the options that that are in front of them and what they yeah. can do. Yeah. And I think that as you go down a level from tour all the way down, that, that ability decreases, I think, each level. Yeah, and a lot of, you know, the amateurs, they, they – and I'm sure you see it. And again, I work with a lot of tour players, top players, and I also at our club at the 49, I work with a lot of like, you know, 15 to 30 handicaps. Mm-hmm. So I really, it's, it's, it's ch- more challenging to teach, you know, a, kind of a somewhat of an unskilled 30 handicap to do something repeatedly. You know, you'll see it with your tour guys. I could ask them to do all this wrong information and they can make it look good. So it's right. like, they're so skilled and they're so able, but most amateurs, you know, they have, when they come to me for bunker help, they kind of got one speed out of bunkers. It's panic speed. It's get me out of here. Yep. I'm swinging this thing violent. Uh, I know it'll probably get out, but at that point I have no control. So I, I really like simple drills. You know, I really like still like line drills. Um, you can even double down on that and just make dollar bills and just practice hitting the dollar bill. And then you can do like one practice dollar bill, put a ball into a, you know, a drawn dollar bill and repeat. I like one repetition to one test so you can train test train test it's not always about testing because most of the time people see bad results in their tests or in their shots so i need you to be able to study for that test train what we need again if you, if you get really good at hitting you know you just draw a dollar bill in the sand with your finger or on the lineman stick or whatever if you get really good at that and again a lot of times people will swing past it so they're going to hosel it for many reasons, but if you get truly good at hitting that dollar bill with worth of sand and really the average, you know, 20 to 30 handicap, you need like a, a middle shot and a pretty full shot. You don't need all these different shots. It's like, Oh, I need a medium shot or a pretty fullish, you know, a, a 20 yard shot and a 10 yard shot. And that's enough to kind of, to kind of get you simple stuff like that, getting comfortable hitting the sand where you should, and again, allowing yourself time to train that uh, in practice. And I think people over like I think they think that tour players make it a lot more complicated than that. But I don't know that the best players. Bill Haas is still the best bunker players ever around. And like he, sure. I remember him sure. telling me he thought of his swing as either a V if it wanted to go hmm. short, or the longer yeah. it needed to go was more like a U, right? And, oh, love that. Right? And I thought, like, man, that's damn simple. Hell, I'll steal that yeah. from this week's clinic. Right? Like, yeah. you know, but, yeah. like, I think that, like, and, and obviously there's players that do make things more complicated. But, like, I think people think that to get a lot better at things, they got to make it way more complicated. And like you said, you're talking about the dollar bill technique. Like, man, go practice mm-hmm. that and get good at it. Yes. Right? Or get where you can yes. do it 70% of the time. You're going to exactly. be better. And, and, and Exactly. So, and I'll see this a lot where, yes, we want you to hit better shots, but you're not just going to hit better shots, especially in the bunker by only hitting shots. I need you, you know, the shot requires the ability to hit sand where you want, kind of come out where you want and bring the center of the club face where you want. Mm -hmm. And you can train that, right? We don't need to hit balls to do that. So I need you to get very good at that skill. Once you get very good at that skill, it should start to then show itself uh, in, in your bunker shots in practice. And then you can start doing that on the golf course. Last, last question, pitching the ball. I think it's a lost art personally. Mm. Mm. A lot of people yeah. will try some crazy around the greens and in the bunker, <laughs> yeah. 
I still teach a lot of pitching because, like, just the way I was brought up, like, man, like, I think the pitching is like a small version for a lot of people of their full swing, especially when you're talking sure. 12, 15 handicappers, but even tour players. Oh, baby. So what what are your thoughts on pitching? I, I focus a lot. I've gotten this from my players um, on 30, 40, 50 yards, learning to hit those yeah. shots and carry them yeah. distances again. What are your thoughts on pitching and secrets to pitching? Yes, so – I think if the average person, I think about this a lot because, again, I, uh, this is more than a job. This is my passion. I, I love playing. I love teaching. I'm always thinking. If the average person got really good at a 30-yard pitch, right, it teaches mm-hmm. contact, tempo, balance. Uh, you get the finality of a result. If they got really good at that shot, man, their gains in, in, in totality would really improve. So that 30-yard range for tour players and, and, and for a lot of players, it's kind of that in-between range of, you know, is it is it my full swing? Is it my short game? And that, that breaking point's different for everyone. It's I would just say it's kind of where whether you want to compress the ball in that situation or, or, or somewhat not compress the ball. But from 30 to 50, I, I like teaching people to somewhat have a baseline reference. Uh, when it comes to distance, and if we have the ability to laser the pin, uh, if I'm at 50 yards, if you told me, uh, you said, hey, Derek, I need you to hit the ball in, in a tournament flat 55 yards, I don't need to see my target. I don't need to practice it. I have a shot drawn up. I can call it up, and I can get very close to hitting that number. So for my high-level players, I want them to have good contact and have a system that they can rely on under pressure, whatever that system is. So mm-hmm. I, I like them to have a club they like, uh, a setup they like, uh, a somewhat of a tempo they like, and then some way that they can start to gauge distance. Because at 50 yards, right, we're not going to make too many side-to-side errors. Yeah, but at correct. 50 yards, like I don't need you hitting at 65. I don't need you hitting at 35. And a lot of times our eyes can play tricks on us. How often have you – Looked at a pin, you're like, oh, I just, I'm going to laser it. And you're like, oh, man, shoot, that's 53. I thought it was like 35. Well, at that point, you know, what are your eyes even telling you? Or what if it's a blind shot at 50 yards? Like, how do you, you know, feel that? Mm-hmm. So for a lot of players, a lot of students, and I know this because it's important to me, I just want you to have simple solutions that really I don't need you to practice a lot. So, like, I don't practice my 50-yard shot a lot because I just know what it is. It's my feet close. Nine o'clock backswing, I have a tempo I use, and I can dial it up pretty often. So that would go for uh, even even for, for yourself or for tour players. I like them to know how far all of their bunker yards or how far all their bunker clubs carry. Mm-hmm. So like for me, my 60-degree flies 30, my 55 flies 40, my 50-degree flies 50. So when I've got like a 65-yard bunker shot, it's just a full opened up pitching wedge. There's nothing different. There's not a lot of guesswork. So you can start to make these questions that a course will ask you simpler by just having kind of these solutions. But when it comes to the, the, the technique of, of chipping and pitching, I would agree with you. It's a somewhat of a it's not necessarily somewhat of a lost art, but it's 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 you know, you see people so often on the driving range, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then you say you know, could you lead me to the chipping green? I don't even know if they could point out where it is. <laughs> no question about it. 
Derek, this was awesome. First of all, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for all your help with of course. with folks. Um, appreciate you sitting in. We got to do this again. Hopefully, at some point, please, I can get out there at Tucson and hang out and watch you. Some yes. uh, would really yeah. love to do that. But appreciate you sitting in with me here on the tour, Coach. Oh, pro, this has been great. You're the best. I love what you do. And uh, keep up the great work. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. And everybody, uh, make sure you find him, Golf Better Tucson on Instagram. Lots of good stuff out there. Uh, Derek, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thank you. Sounds great, bro. Thank you so much. This is Tony Ruggiero, and you've been listening to the Tour Coach Podcast here on WNSP. You can find other discussions and other interviews and other podcasts of mine under the Tour Coach wherever you find your podcast, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. All you got to do is go type in Tour Coach. Lots of great discussions to help you play your best golf. And if you like that, you can always check out Pro Work for Inside the Ropes, Behind the Scenes Look at Teaching at the Highest Level on the PGA Tour, in Palm Beach, here in Mobile, wherever my travels take me. So check out Tour Coach. Check out Pro Work. Come see us here at Dew Sweepers in Mobile. So for myself and Clint Crouch, we'll be back next week with more help for your golf game.